We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You don't want it. You don't need it. But you're going to get it anyway. The Kevin Sheehan Show. Here's Kevin. The show today presented by Window Nation. If you've noticed that your energy costs are rising, well, in the DMV, they're up 25% year to year. It's not too late to fix your high energy bills, all the while getting off-season prices from Window Nation. Beat the rush with two free windows with every two you buy. No money down, no payments, and 0% financing for 24 months. That's two years Paying nothing, call 866-90-NATION or go online at windownation.com and tell them that Kevin Sheehan sent you. Uh, Tommy's with me today. Um, I've had some uh, struggles here in opening this show uh, just communicating in English. Uh, But other than that, we are ready to finally roll. How are you? You good? Well, you know what? Here's the thing. I thought before... My biggest problem that I was dealing with was, uh, have you ever ordered anything from Jay Peterman, the real Jay Peterman? <laughs> no, no, not the one Seinfeld? Yeah, but there's a real Jay Peterman company. Okay. No, not, not, okay. Fa- not familiar with the brand. And, Go ahead. Well, I ordered, uh, when, before we got here in the end of December, mm-hmm. I ordered a wallet made out of a baseball glove material. I thought it'd be pretty cool, and I needed a new wallet. Okay. Well, they 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 sent it UPS. UPS delivered it, but I never got it. You know, they have a picture of them leaving the package at the front door, but I never got it. So I started raising hell, saying somebody owes me a wallet or money, and that began basically a two month process where I'm sure they thought I was going to go away at some point between UPS and Jay Peterman. But I was relentless, okay? And finally, like a week ago, what comes in the mail? With a wallet. They said, they just, no, no, they just said, screw it. We want to get rid of them. We're going to send you a new one. And you really never so got the, me, you really never got the first one. Why couldn't they track it down? Well, because it disappeared. Someone took it, apparently. Did, did somebody take it? Did somebody take the package off your front step? In front of your that's, front door? That's the way it looks. Okay. Man, it's a rough neighborhood but, uh, you're in. So, 79 bucks I for know. this wallet on jpeterman.com. So, so they, sent me, they sent me a new wallet, uh-huh. and 
uh, I get the wallet. I'm very excited about it. It's like a kid's wallet. You know me. I have a Costanza wallet. Yeah, you got a big I mean, I need wallet. a big wallet. Yeah. You know, and this thing... This thing could barely fit yeah, three can, or four credit cards. But in. I can see so that. I can see that from now. the picture. How could you not see that from the picture? It's uh, super I don't know. thin. I shouldn't buy stuff on the web. I shouldn't. I shouldn't. Now I've got this wallet I fought for two months to get that I, I, I can't use. Mm. You know, they might as well have sent me an urban sombrero. You know, it says that they have different so. sizes of this wallet. I didn't see that. I just pulled up the size chart size chart for the baseball glove wallet, which is $79. Um, by the way, you can pay it in four interest-free installments of 1975. Did you pay the whole thing, or are you on layaway? Um, no, I paid the whole thing. It says that, there's, to, it says that this wallet comes in small, medium, large, extra large, and double XL. Uh, that can't be right. That's, well, I think that's just a no. size chart that they have connected to the purchase. Okay. But it's really yeah. I'm seeing it now. There's neck, chest, and waist. You don't need to know your neck, chest, or waist size for a wallet. Um, no. Okay. So, so what so are you going to do with the wallet? Return it. Wallet. Return it. Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm done with it. I don't even want to ever see it again. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm going to give it to the Salvation Army or something like that. <laughs> okay. But. Uh, but I thought that was my biggest problem until about a week ago uh, after I was walking. Yeah. My left ankle was kind of swollen, uh, and I didn't know why. So uh, I rested it, and the swelling went away. But this, this, like, this mass or something in the back of, ab- above my heel, mm-hmm. in the back of my leg, which just wouldn't, was, st- was, st- was still there. It wouldn't leave, and no matter what. I mean, every day went by. There was this thing still there. It wasn't painful, but it was obtrusive and kind of keep me from walking. So I didn't walk anymore. I started swimming, uh, and this thing wasn't going away. Right. So I said, well, i got to get this looked at because I'm not going to be able to swim when I get up north. Is this going to tie back to the wallet again. or not? Or was the wallet just a separate no. story in, in, in sort of laying out the, the, the rough couple of weeks you've had? Yes, that, the wallet was a separate story, and okay. I, like I said, I thought that was my biggest problem. Got, got you. Uh, okay. So I, I made an appointment uh, with an orthopedic doctor down here to get this thing in the back above my heel looked at. Well, Sunday night, walking back from the uh, from Pompano Joe's, I tripped over a curb. Oh, you were you were not tw- you were, you were twisting and turning too much. Oh my! I tossing and turning. <laughs> you were you were twisting and turning too much. And by the way, that wallet company, bunch of cool jerks. That's what I would say about them. Um, so what happened? Is you 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 really well, that, you messed up? Then the, my foot. Then it. You know, now then it's really, really started hurting. Yeah. Now no, it's not slow. No, it wasn't really slow. But in the back, that was just bothersome. Mm, yeah. Was now painful. Okay. Is it heel okay. heel area? Uh, it's above the heel. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. So I, I went in for my appointment today, mm, yep. and they took some x-rays, and they said, you've got a fracture in your foot. Wow. Whoa. Yes. So it wasn't just yes. you doing your normal complaining. No. You actually have and, a fracture I, in your foot. Holy but, shit. But here's the thing. What? I think it happened. I don't think this the fracture was the initial problem. I think the fracture happened when I tripped. Right. 
Okay. I, it so certainly didn't I happen when I you were dancing go. because you weren't moving no. much in the last video we got. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go see a foot specialist tomorrow. Oh shit! But I'm in a boot. I'm in. I'm in a boot right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, because so they want to stay. But he said it's not a bad fracture. You know, it uh, it'll heal. Okay. But they got me in a boot to stabilize it. I was walking around, you know, like kind of like limping, but walking. Right. And uh, I'd much rather be walking around like I was before than in this stupid boot, to Ugh. be honest with you. Do you know that? Uh, so we'll see what the foot doctor tomorrow says. But I don't think this addresses my initial problem. What? Of this thing above my heel. I don't think that has anything to do with the broken Oh, boy. Uh, well, what did, what did the doctor say? Well, the doctor the said we'll find say? out tomorrow when you... <laughs> you went to a well, dentist. That's, I'm going to see him. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I went to a regular ortho today. I'm going okay. to a foot doctor tomorrow. Okay. But this this puts a big crimp in my plans. I was going to spring training next week. Oh, well, I mean, you'll just have to find, you know, the new version of Kevin Sheehan who drives you everywhere and drops you right off where you don't have to, <laughs> to move much. You need, you need, you absolutely need, uh, you, you need, you need a limo driver. Need to be chauffeured you think, you around. Think I could get, do you know? Um, you think I could get Mark Zuckerman to do that you, for me? Uh, Zuck Zuck would be. You know what? He probably would do it for you because he's such a good guy. Do you know? I, yeah. I was starting to think that maybe you had like plantar uh, fasciitis or whatever that's called. That's a heel thing. Do you know one right. of? I, I mean, I've had I, I've had pain in my life because of my back, and I've had multiple back surgeries, which I've shared with everybody in the past and there's no pain like nerve pain but do you know one of the worst i mean just absolute painful things i ever had is i had one of the i had a wart did you did you get warts as a kid you know plantar warts or whatever they're called yeah i did on my hands yeah i got them on my hands too i had yeah. one grow on my heel and Ooh. I am telling you that I didn't do anything about it for a while because I thought, you know, it'll just go away. I wasn't even sure it was a wart at first. And there was like a six-month period of my life, and this is, this is 15, 20 years ago, where I was walking around in absolute pain. And then finally I went to the doctor and he said, it's a wart. And they... They didn't freeze it off like most warts because it was partially in, you know, they, they, they're, those warts are viruses and they're, they, yeah. they grow. And anyway, they went in and cut it out. He had to, he had Ooh. to, he had to cut the thing out, which it was amazing once, you know, kind of the cutting part healed or, you know, the stitches or whatever it was were taken out and then it wasn't there anymore. <laughs> I was like a new person. But I remember just slipping on shoes and just being every time I'd slip on a shoe, it would be painful just to, to stand up on it. But it was um but I'm glad you didn't have that. I'm glad you just have a a small fracture. Cause that will heal. Yes, but but it's all I mean, it's it's an inconvenience and it was a stupid I thing. Well, I tripped over life. this curve. Well, you know, it's not usually my life. Well, it, yeah, so. not, not everything can work out perfectly like they usually do for you. Um, well, I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed with the wallet because at first glance, I thought it looked like a pretty good looking wallet. But if you turn the thing around, which it allows you to do, you can see how super thin it was. So that's kind of on you yeah. for not really investigating it. Um, of course it's, it's on me. Yeah. 
I'd still it's on me. I'd still send it back. I mean, you have every right to send it back and say it's not what I thought it was going to be, and they'll take it back. I mean, it'll probably take you about you know sixteen calls to get your seventy nine dollars credited back. Um, but no, 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 no. You don't know. You don't know the work I put in to get them to send it again. I'm not. I'm done with it. Yeah. Um, if you missed the show on Friday, uh, Walt Williams was great. Um, we talked about Walt Williams's kind of basketball life in the DMV, which included those crucial years at Maryland when they were on probation. Uh, many of you enjoyed that. And then yesterday's show, which I actually recorded before I went away, with Pat Behan, the St. John's coach. They won the WCAC title beating Paul the Sixth. And he is um, suffering from ALS, and uh, a lot of you enjoyed that as well. So you can find both of those shows, you know, at thekevinsheehanshow.com or Apple, Spotify, wherever you're listening to this. By the way, many of you do listen on Apple. Many of you rate and review us. We appreciate that. And the most recent uh, review came from the Fredskin. Uh, Cooley rocks, but Tommy's singing is priceless. Smiling ear to ear. Uh, thank you, Fredskin. Uh, you can rate us and review us, but you can also follow us, which I am uh, been told uh, is also important. Um, and the follow buttons in the upper right hand corner on the on on Apple and kind of mid left on Spotify. And just click on that you're following the podcast, and that will help us as well. Uh, so you know, I, I got a question for you now. Yes, since he likes my singing. Uh, tomorrow night was going to be my farewell performance. But you're hurt. At Kenny D's karaoke. I think I can still make it, right? Well, I mean, I, mean, I, don't, I just got a boot I don't think on my foot. I don't think your boot's going to impact your, your vocal cords. <laughs> I don't okay. see what, I mean, well, you don't move a lot when you're singing. I mean, just get a right. chair, sit right. up, put that boot up on a chair right next to you and, and sing kind of, you know, half lying down. See how that works out. What are you going to sing well, on your plan. farewell? Uh, well, I don't know. I might sing uh, a song that we used to sing down here in Miami at the frat house when we'd go to this uh, this uh, cowboy bar out in western Miami mm-hmm. called Redneck White Sox and Blue Ribbon Beer. That might be my fa- – that's an appropriate farewell Yeah. to uh, where I am. Okay. Will you post that well, one, I too? Well, I might do another one. Or are you one. just going to send that one so that I can put it at the end of the podcast? People are enjoying the end of the podcast one. music. Karaoke. From I know. Well, that comes to an end after tomorrow. Because <laughs> well, it's, until it's, next it's year. Not, it's not the same. Until next right. year, yeah. Um, yes. Uh, all right. Uh, there's There's a lot that I wanted to kind of catch up on. Um, and there's a lot that's happened over the weekend. Well, it's not the, you know, the Monday show is usually the weekend show. Um, I, I did want to um, begin with the Indie Combine, which I will tell you, I barely watched any of it. And, and that is not unique. Um, it's not just because I was away. Um, it's, I, I don't watch a lot of the Indie Combine. I've talked about this for years. Tommy doesn't watch much of the Indie Combine. I think it's one of the most overrated you know, the best non-game and really the only non-game event that I watch, actually there are two of them, a week from Sunday night, the selection show, but that's, you know, in a short, you know, hour, you know, broadcast on CBS, you know, uh, laying out the, the, the field of 68 
before March right. Madness. And then the NFL draft. The NFL draft is the best non-game sporting event. I don't watch I don't think I really watch or pay attention to much of the non-game stuff. I like games, you kind of like games. Um the Indy Combine just isn't for me. I'm not sitting there with notepad and and markers and and grading these guys. I mean, I'll get a summary of what happened at the combine after from some of these NFL reporters. By the way, when it comes to this Indy Combine, I mean, what's the, you know what's the hit rate of? Uh, I mean, who hits on more than thirty-seven percent of whatever they say about prospects? That's a that's basically a good number for the NFL draft over a three-year period. You know, having 37% of your of the players that you drafted three years ago being contributors on your team three years later is, is I mean, I've been told by NFL people that's considered to be a really good NFL draft. I don't, I, whatever. Um, I didn't watch it. I don't really put a lot of stock into it in terms of what I'm seeing and what I, I like watching games. I know these players because I watch a lot of college football. But Anthony Richardson basically stole the show. From what I understand, <clears throat> and I um, had a had a had a, t- a tweet that I was reading over the weekend. It was from Ben. Ben just basically wrote, "You were on Anthony Richardson from the beginning. It looks like you're right. I don't even know what that means. It looks like I'm right. He hasn't played in an NFL game yet. Everything that they measured was his athleticism. That's what blew everything out of the water from Anthony Richardson. If you watched him play football, you knew he was 6'4", you knew he was 240 pounds, and you knew he could run like the wind. You knew the freakish athlete that he was. Now, I didn't know he had a 40-and-a-half-inch vertical. You know, it's funny. I asked somebody, and I forget who it was, on the show about Richardson recently, and they said, I said, what is he gonna what is he gonna run? And they said four six. And I said, man, I, I would have thought it would have been a lot faster than that. And they said, well, four six is really good for a quarterback. And I said, I know, but he kind of reminds me of like literally like run he runs like Vic. He's just a much bigger dude. Yeah. He ran a four four three. He ran a four four three at the combine. He threw uh, he, the the arm strength was on full display, um, but the inaccuracy with his arm was also on display. I think that the the the, the thing that we do um, as fans of the sport and the draft, I, I enjoy the draft and I enjoy reading a lot about the draft and guessing about the draft. But anybody that thinks they really know that isn't you know working for these teams, you don't know because the most important piece to the puzzle is the one that we're never able to look at, and that is the interviews. It's all of the due diligence. It's all of the background checks. It's everything that tells you what kind of person you're getting. And there's no position on the field where that's more important to know than at quarterback. Now, you can read what a lot of scouts say and a lot of coaches say and, and, and have a sense, certainly you know, building towards the draft, as to whether or not the, the kid's a worker. or you know, if, if we start to see Anthony Richardson slide, there's probably something that, that we don't know that's making him slide. But he is a freak athlete. I told you guys that at the beginning of the year. When they played Utah, which was his best game of the year, I thought the Tennessee game was really good too. Um, but the the game um, 
against Utah that opened up the season on Labor Day weekend. I came in here that Monday and I said, Anthony Richardson, there's no way he gets beyond the first half of the first round of the draft when we get to April of 2023. He is just too freakishly athletic, and he's an incredible player. Now, he had a great night. But what you saw as you watched him during the year is he has major footwork flaws. And even we're not totally equipped to evaluate that. Like, I'll rely on Mike Shanahan and Jay Gruden and Chris Cooley to to really talk about that. But, you know, as NFL fans, we could see that he always kind of threw in a a weird way. He can throw, make every throw. He's got great arm strength. Um, But that, that the footwork and the mechanics were leading to poor accuracy. He also didn't have a great team around him, and that sometimes is a, is a thing. And Mike Shanahan once told me, and this is why I backed off Richardson a little bit and talked about him being a project, even though I'd be interested in taking the project at 16. Well, he ain't going to go to 16 anymore based off of the, his Indy Combine. Unless, again, there's stuff that they find out about him that we don't know. But one of the things you saw in these games is just how I mean, grossly inaccurate he was at times. And I remember Mike telling me once, Tommy, you know, anticipation and accuracy. If you don't have it when you get to the NFL, you'll never have it at a super elite level. He said it can be coached up to where it's good and it's okay and it's satisfactory. And if you've got everything else, like you're a ridiculous athlete and ridiculously mobile, you know, you can end up being a really successful quarterback. Look at Cam Newton. Cam Newton was not an accurate thrower of the football, but he was an NFL MVP at quarterback. And when he was healthy, he was pretty damn good. I think Richardson's a better athlete than Cam Newton. He's not as big because Cam was 6'6 and 260 or whatever he was. Richardson, 6'4 and a quarter he was measured. By the way, 10 and a half inch hands. The hand size, it's hand size time of year, Tommy, with quarterbacks. Yes. yes. Um, but I okay, have, but Josh Allen is the, is the measurement for this today. For inaccuracy, right? yes. He's the, he's the one that people will look back and say he was so inaccurate at Wyoming, and he made, you know, and he had some flaws with, with his footwork. I'll tell you one, one guy that d- d- ignored it, Chris Cooley totally ignored it. He said it's bullshit. He said that what he what he his mechanics that are causing some of the accuracy issues can be fixed easily, and his receivers were terrible. And so um, he, uh, I mean, Cooley fell in love with Josh Allen after watching him at Wyoming, and said that this guy's going to be a great NFL quarterback. And I don't know if Richardson, if Josh Allen's the comp for Richardson. Uh, Richardson is much more freakish athletically than Josh Allen. And Josh Allen's a freak athletically, and he's a bull. And Richardson ran over people, but he also ran by people. Um, I don't know. In today's NFL, it certainly seems to me that even if his accuracy can only be repaired to a certain level, there's a place for him in today's NFL because the game is played so much more like the college game today than it was 10 years ago or five years ago. If I were Washington, I would certainly be looking. He's not. He won't make it to 16. But if I'm Washington, just like I've been saying all along, I would take a quarterback with my first round pick if I really liked a quarterback, and I would also consider trading up for a quarterback that I really, really like. Um, but I didn't really. I, I read more of the Anthony Richardson stuff because I really didn't watch any of it. Um, but. Uh, 
he's he was this he was as big a star coming out of the Indy Combine as we've had it seems like in years at that position in particular. Well, think about it. Uh, it's kind of nuts that we talk about this uh, and and speak in reverential, reverential terms about this guy. Because what's the most important thing a quarterback does? Uh, what's the most inqu- throw the football? Right. Was that a simple yeah. question? Yes. Yeah. Throw it. Yeah, it's a simple question. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's the thing he does the least well. He does not throw the football with great consistency when it's, you know, from an accuracy standpoint. He doesn't. I mean, and there were some games where I was like, oh, God, this guy's not. I mean, there were games this year where I came in and I, and, and, and I, I remember getting calls on the radio show. How about your boy Richardson? And I'd be like, yeah, you're no. And I, I would agree. And I'd say, no, you're right. I watched the game and he can't, he can't hit the ocean from a boat sometimes. But man, if he's flushed out of that pocket, look out. And here's something that um, I've now heard multiple times, including from Nick Ackridge, our pro football focused data analyst, who's a big Skins fan and has come on the podcast many times on the, on the radio show. And I like Nick a lot. I think he's got a sharp. Um, point of view, and I think he's a, a really good communicator. But he said the thing about Richardson that the scouts are going to love is while the accuracy and the footwork is a problem, and they're going to have to get over over that. Reading defenses and processing, you know, post snap are not his issue at all. It's a strength of his. And now I've heard that now two or three times from various people covering the combine um, that uh, NFL scouts believe Richardson absolutely is one of those guys that can throw from the pocket, can read defenses, can process quickly, um, and they've just got to get his mechanics right. If they get his mechanics improved enough, look out, he could be a superstar. Um, We'll see. I don't know. I I mean, we don't know. It sounds like he's got a long way to go until he's Sam Howell, I can tell you that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the funny thing about Sam Howell is if Sam Howell were six four and a half and two hundred and forty four pounds and ran a four four three, he also has a gun for an arm and can make every throw. Just his accuracy's been in question before. Look, Carson Wentz's accuracy was in question his whole career, but Richardson's accuracy at times was alarming when you watch the games. That was the problem. It was like. You know, even this Nick explained it. He's like, even though he would throw to the correct read that was clearly the right read, it was just always inconsistent on whether or not he'd hit him or hit him in stride. But um, he is he is an he's an athlete, that's for sure. And from my standpoint, I still think in terms of playing the quarterback position, Bryce Young by far and away was the most impressive guy last year and the year before. And C.J. Stroud definitely took a step up in my mind in the semifinal loss to Georgia. That was a, a tremendous performance that we had not really seen from him against that level of competition. And apparently he had a very good weekend. Will Levis, I've said before, I'm not a fan. I think that guy crumbled under pressure, threw the ball up for grabs more than any of the big-name quarterbacks that were supposed to be highly drafted that I saw all year. And to me, Richardson always seemed like a guy with a bigger upside than Levis. But um, those are the four quarterbacks. It certainly appears as if 
all four will be gone by 16. I would still, if I were Washington, yeah. interested, like super interested in any of them, I'd be talking to whatever team I felt I needed to get up to to pick one. Um, but then again, maybe they think they have in their QB1 uh, a yeah. star for the future in Sam Howell. Now, do you have anything else in the Indy Combine? I just, it's just, it's amazing what this event's become over the last 10 years, really, in particular. Because 20 years ago, this was for the ultimate, you know, uh, football nerd. And it wasn't even televised, I don't think, 20 years ago. It may have been 20 no. years ago. Not 25. I don't think so. Look, it, I mean, it, it speaks to the, 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 the unquenching thirst that there's a core group of, of that NFL fans have. They can't, there's nothing that's over the top for that group of people. Nothing that won't interest them. Yeah. Well, when it comes to NFL football. Well, when you combine these kinds of events with social media and you get somebody who has a decent following and is really into this stuff. He doesn't even have to, he or she doesn't even have to be there to generate you know some conversation. I mean, I just think that the biggest the single biggest weakness we have, and I think it's pretty obvious, is when we're guessing on players, especially college players. Um, it's the same thing, by the way, in in high school recruiting for for college basketball and college football. We just don't have any idea what the teams themselves know about the individual. And there's no position where it matters more than at quarterback. I mean, who knew? I mean, remember how many people were in love with Zach Wilson just two years ago? I mean, it's, oh, yeah. I mean, but, you know, those people were watching games and saying, oh, my God, this guy looks like this. I mean, a lot of people compared him to Joe Theismann. But clearly he's not the leader Joe was. And we didn't know that, and the people that were talking about him didn't know that. Right. Um, speaking of quarterbacks, um, uh, I'm on a group text with a bunch of people. Um, we, the, everybody knows who they are. I mean, just a lot of different guys in media and apparently Griffin RG three put out a tweet or is this Instagram? I can't tell. Um, every move you make doesn't have to be broadcasted just because you don't share it on social media. doesn't mean you aren't up to big things. He tweeted that out. I've given up on, on, on that guy. I mean, that guy is he serious? That guy is that guy is a walking hypocrite from head to toe. I mean, I mean, it's just every day. I think it would be funny if he actually just was doing it for this kind of a reaction. Like if he, if there's any sort of of self awareness now. Um, by the way, hashtag motiva- motivation, hashtag perspective, hashtag inspire, hashtag G3 vibes, hashtag G3 analysis. Every move you make doesn't have to be broadcasted. Just because you don't share it on social media doesn't mean you aren't up to big things. Well, I hope he's up to some big things. Remember all the sayings that he had? Uh, oh, God. He had trademarked. No pressure, no diamonds, all and all them. that stuff. Yeah, he had so many of those trademarked. He, he spent more time trademarking things than looking at film. Um, we don't know that. Uh, on on another front, um, Derek Carr signs with New Orleans. Okay, I think New Orleans has a pretty decent team. We'll see how many people they can keep. 
Um, that means to me that Andy Dalton could be available. And Andy Dalton, to me, would be a really interesting sign if you can get him for four, three, four, five million dollars for one year. Andy Dalton, I thought, played well last year for New Orleans. Andy Dalton's played well many times in his career. Um, and so I, Washington is looking, that's, that's what they're looking for. They're looking to spend three, four million dollars on a veteran backup quarterback. I think we all believe that based on how many times they've told us that, basically. So if you take them at their word and that they're not, you know, pulling, you know, off an okie doke and they're going to make a big move now for Aaron Rodgers, which apparently the Jets are maybe nearing a deal for Aaron Rodgers, the Jets will become, even in a stacked AFC, they'll become one of the four or five favorites with Aaron Rodgers on that roster. But Andy Dalton, to me, would be super interesting. And then you have a guy next year that legitimately can run your football team, you know, make you a productive offense, much more productive than they've been, if Sam Howell, if they realize that Sam Howell was just more of kind of a PR push, which is what Ben suggested to me the other day. He said, you know, given that they didn't have any money to spend and they're not making a big move and they came off the Cleveland game disaster in the end of the year, what gave everybody some hope in the first couple of weeks when the season ended? Sam Howell, QB1. I mean, it may just be that that was in the moment Ron's idea to get everybody off the why did you start Carson Wentz in the Cleveland game um, and blow the season. Uh, Andy Dalton would be, a, a, I think, an outstanding sign. Listen, and, and, and by the I way, think, if, he, if they, they sign him, I predict he'll start the opener. Well, yes. Look, they'd be lucky to get Andy Dalton. And if Andy Dalton is the quarterback with, with those offensive skill weapons, I think that's a, that's a big upgrade for them. Not a huge upgrade, but a definite upgrade. And I think if I was a fan, I'd feel much better about your offense uh, with Andy Dalton. Uh, running it, but I, I think Andy Dalton, I mean, you know, it'll be interesting if I'm the Saints, I'm paying Andy Dalton to be the backup rather than Jameis Winston. Yeah, that's true, and by the way, there may be other opportunities for Andy Dalton that are a lot more attractive than you know, the report, the F-minus report card team. Um, yes. You know, yes. he may have a young child that, you know, needs more than uh, one changing table on the club level during games. That's right. We're going to talk That's about right. that here in a moment. Um, yeah, I, I think Andy Dalton would be a – I mean, Washington should be looking at that. I mean, I'm sure Eric Bieniemy is going to have a lot to say about what they do at quarterback and a lot to say on yes. the veteran quarterback they sign. And um, But Dalton, to me, 35 years old, has always played you know at, at a level that gives you a chance – I mean, quarterback multiple playoff teams in Cincinnati, obviously. That Saints team was was decent last year, injured at times, but Dalton ended up, you know, throwing 67% completion percentage, 18 touchdowns over nine picks, um, with an offensive line that was battered at times, missing some key pieces at times. Uh, but I thought he did okay. And no, Jameis okay. Winston is not – is that what you're going to ask me? No, I'm oh. going to wet your whistle – with somebody who you're not soured on like Jameis Winston. Right. Well, I've, I've always been a big Jameis Winston believer, and I thought he would resurrect his career in New Orleans, and I was dead wrong. And it would certainly appear, since when Jameis got healthy, they kept Dalton in there, that Jameis just isn't really 
more likely than not ever going to resurrect his career. Although Geno Smith, I mean, look at Geno Smith and yeah. what he did post yeah. thirty. Um, three well, three year deal for one hundred and fifty million or whatever. Yeah. What does this do for you? Would you say uh, there? There's a. What does this do for you? There's stories out there right now. Reports on the internet. Uh, actually, Rich Eisen uh, talked about this. Bill Rivers wants to come back to play. Ooh, really? Uh, according to Rich Eisen, he contacted the 49ers and the Dolphins about coming out of retirement late in the 2022 season. Interesting. And so the Colts. Yeah. What do the, you think of that? The Colts wouldn't have his rights. He was. Uh, he would have been a, uh, an unrestricted free agent at the end of that year. Um. I mean, you know, I'm I'm a huge Philip Rivers yeah. fan. Always have been. I think he is. I think he's a lock Hall of Famer. I think it could yeah. be first ballot, but if it isn't, it's the second go round. Um, him in San Francisco. Well, it's obvious that they're you know Garoppolo is going to be somewhere else. Uh, does he really want to go there with Trey Lance and Brock Purdy? And I mean, he he's going to go where he's going to play. He's not going to go somewhere without playing. He is right. no, a guy like right. Rivers isn't coming back as a backup. No. Yeah. No, he's not. And uh, I've read somewhere that Trey Lance is on the way out in uh, San Francisco, and Brock Purdy isn't going to be healthy next year. Right. I, I haven't. I, I, the so Trey Lance stuff. The stories him. on Trey Lance are all over the place. Um, Philip yeah. Rivers, by the way, is forty-one years old. Forty-one. Um, yes. Is is Blanda the oldest quarterback in NFL history? No. Uh, isn't Tom Brady? Uh, no, but to actually start a game. Wasn't he 49? I'm looking it up right now. I don't think he was 49. He wasn't 49. He was just a backup quarterback at 49? Well, he, was, he wasn't playing at 49. Yes, I think he was. Yeah, George Blanda, here it is, 48. So. He was 48, sorry. He was okay. 48, the... the uh, yeah, he was the oldest. He's the oldest NFL quarterback of all time, even though he's primarily okay. primarily a place kicker. Yes, he was. Um, he was yeah. also used as time from time to time as a linebacker in the early years of his career. That's crazy. <laughs> I never knew that. Um, but uh, Blanda holds the record for being the oldest professional football player in NFL history at forty eight years three months. Uh, some dude named John Nesser was 45. Uh, so, so Br- yeah, Brady's second. And then Steve DeBerg, of course. DeBerg was actually starting games, you know, uh, at the end of his career with the Chiefs and I think the Falcons at the end of his career. Let me just look him up. Yeah. God, he played for a lot of teams. The 49ers, the Broncos, yeah, the Bucks, did. the Chiefs, the Dolphins, and the Falcons. Um, Steve DeBerg was good, just never good enough. Yeah, he was never good enough. No. Yeah. But he was good. Yep. He did not play he did not play for the Falcons in 98, right? Cuz Chris uh, Chandler was the quarterback for them that year, I think. All right. Um we got some other things to get to. We will do that right after these words from a few of our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, this segment of the show is brought to you by MyBookie, and I've got something here uh, for us to discuss. Um, MyBookie, by the way, is offering you a chance to exit quickly after your first deposit amount is wagered one time. Most books don't let you do that. Use my promo code, KevinDC, and MyBookie will let you do that. So right before we started this segment, I just pulled MyBookie up to look at some NFL odds, and I wanted to look at the AFC Championship odds. If they've changed much with the news that Aaron Rodgers is talking to the Jets, the Packers may be talking to the Jets. Right now at my bookie, they're the fourth pick, the fourth pick to win the AFC Championship behind Kansas City, Buffalo, and Cincinnati. All right? Right there with the Chargers, Ravens, Jags, and Dolphins. I guarantee you that before the last day of news about Aaron Rodgers and the Jets, there was there's no way the Jets were the fourth pick in the AFC. They have, I've said this for a while now, the Jets and, and, and the Skins are very similar in rosters. They have a really good young defense. They've got excellent playmakers on offense. And, you know, they, they've got a couple of, of pieces to add, but really the one major missing piece has been the quarterback. And the Jets, remember, started, Tommy, they had a good start to the season last year. And it's kind of like Washington yeah. in that they were, you know, they were in the hunt for a playoff berth until late in the season, but they didn't quite get there. What was the Jets' final record? Um, was it eight and nine or nine and eight? Oh, seven and ten. So they ended up seven and ten. Washington ended up eight, eight and one. And I and I've made the case that if Aaron Rodgers came here, Washington would be, you know, one of the two or two or three favorites. You know, Philly, San Francisco, Washington. That would be it. Because the NFC is thinner in terms of competition. And the Jets are up to the fourth pick right now at my bookie to win the AFC championship. Uh yes, they are plus. Here it is. Cut. I just refreshed it. And they um, are plus 1075. The Chargers are plus 1100. I think they just moved up even a bit more. Um, now, they are, they're, they're distance behind Cincinnati. Cincinnati's at plus 460. The Bills are plus 380. The Chiefs are plus 320. But the Jets are the fourth pick in the AFC, plus 1075. Go to mybookie.ag. Use my promo code KevinDC. You can bet on any of this stuff, including who's going to be taken first in the draft, which is Bryce Young still. Bryce Young, by the way, came in um, measurement-wise – uh, at 5'10 and an eighth and 204 pounds. That's the concern about Bryce Young. 
What isn't a concern is just how accurate he is from the pocket or on the run, how many throws he can make, how mobile and how great he is at extending the play, how smart he is. But, man, you look at that size, 5'10 and an eighth, 204 pounds. I remember when Stanford Steve um, was on the show with us following the championship game a year ago, I guess, and he said, oh, my God, Bryce Young, there's no way he's even 5'10. And I said, really? He's so short. 5'10 and an eighth. Um, Okay. Uh, So I want to get to your column here in a moment. But the news that I guess I I missed with respect to the sale of the team was this A.J. Perez um, reporting – uh, that uh, you know, if if Dan doesn't sell the team, he could be removed um, by owners. Um, he then had a story yesterday. I think that was on Friday. And by the way, the team responded with a statement. I don't know if you saw this, Tommy. The team came out with a statement saying, "Quote: Front Office Sports Tonight posted a blatantly false report regarding the ongoing process involving a potential Commanders transaction. The team will continue its efforts to." Pre- to protect the confidentiality and integrity of its process. Upon the conclusion of the process, the position of the commanders will be announced by the team. Transactions of this nature are highly confidential, and a few people involved are in, uh, and few people are involved in the inner workings. As such, anonymously sourced stories purporting to be factual should not be believed. Close quote. Real quickly, what do you make of that kind of? really strong statement in response to a report by front office sports. I mean, it's not the Washington Post. Well, look, uh, I think it's in the team's best interest. i tell you what, if Dan Snyder, what's he gonna, what's, what are they going to do? Are they going to say, are they just going to ignore it? The fact that owners might get rid of him? Of course they're going to say that's not going to happen. I think there's a kernel of truth in the moment of of many of these stories. Right. You know, I mean, I think things change quickly depending on who you're talking to, but uh, I I think the the, the NFL is trying to dance their way to find the easiest way to get rid of Dan Snyder, and it's becoming harder and harder to do. But ultimately, I think, that if, if push comes to shove, they're going to they're going to force Dan to sell. I'm looking through the last week um, of statements from the team. They did issue a one sentencer um, f- uh, on the post story, which remember also had stuff about Snyder trying to 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 you know keep the Mary Jo White investigation from coming out. They never got specific about what they um, what they stated, but their statement was, the story posted tonight by the Washington Post regarding the transaction process involving the Washington commanders is simply untrue. That's a different statement than the one they issued about the front office sports, calling it blatantly false and using five sentences to, um, uh, to respond to that. I, I believe I'm right on this. Correct me if I'm wrong on this. There was no uh, press release about the Don Van Natta story. None that I can find. Certainly not one I that I was so. sent. And I'm on the team's uh, email list. I don't think there list. was. No, yeah. I don't think there was. 
Uh, so no. they did not have much of an answer for the $55 million line of credit and everything else that was in the Van right. story. So, uh, look, I, I, I don't know. I think the one thing that they – I think Tommy said something that we've talked about before. This is a very fluid situation. Somebody may go back and try to you know do some sort of an accounting on all the reporting on this, but it can't possibly be you know a, a precise – accounting of it because you'd have to figure out whether or not in that moment whomever reported it was actually accurate and true because some of this stuff is true in the moment and we've said it for a while now but things are changing and they're changing quickly um i still continue to stick by what i've been hearing all along he's selling the team he's looking to sell all of the equity in the team and, you know, any kind of stuff, and, and we've seen more leaks in the last week and a half, two weeks, than we did in the first several months. Um, and a lot of it, you know, stems from Bezos, now I think three different, four different, you know, uh, situations uh, in terms of reporting on Bezos being excluded from the process. It's really when that started to become part of the storyline that there was a lot of additional information uh, being served out to various people. But I, I don't know what to believe and what not to believe. I just know and am confident that he is selling the team and that the league desperately wants him to sell the, uh, sell the team um, and that that seems to be the one, you know, thing that uh, maybe they've, you know, kind of come to the conclusion and agreed on. Now, whether or not he'll – back off of that down the road if he doesn't get the number he wants or doesn't get the buyer he wants or uh, somebody steps up and says, I'll give you $3 billion for 40% of the team, which I don't think will happen. Um, who knows? But as of today, I'm, I'm in my same position, which is he's going to sell the team. I have no idea the timetable. I don't. Uh, p- people have suggested to me uh, on this podcast, on the radio show, that it won't happen by the end of this month at the league meetings in Arizona. That you know, you might get a lot of information coming out of that. That they're close. That they've narrowed it down. That they've all agreed that he's selling. I don't know, but uh, an actual final, you know, bill of sale probably not by the end of the month. That would be best case scenario, obviously. Yeah. If if you could have this done by the next up, but again, it depends on what kind of bloodbath the owners' meetings become. Yeah, you I know, mean, I'm, among them. Give me, give me an example of a bloodbath that could could thwart well, the sale. Uh, well, you know, more people besides Sim Ursay standing up in a, in a meeting and and reaming Snyder out, uh, and Snyder, you know, is Snyder even going to be there, or is his wife Tanya going to be there? I don't know. We don't even know. You know. Uh, but what, do, what, what are you suggesting? And right? Continue down this well, road. Where, where are you going with this? Well, what I'm suggesting is it could, it could turn into a melee mm-hmm. in the uh, owners' meetings. Right. I mean, I, I'll bet you there's a lot of pissed-off owners that, that think, you know, when they read stories about this guy boasting about the dirt he has on all the NFL owners, you know, and these are not, these are not guys that are used to being bullied. Okay, that's how they got to where they are in the first place, most of them. Uh, and, you know, if, if, they, if they don't like to tolerate that, they'll, they'll push back. Uh, we haven't had a meeting uh, of the owners together since a lot of the shit's been poured out there for 
the public to see. So what to so, what end? I so mean, we haven't even seen what happens if there's a melee at the owners' meetings. So what he'll he'll then say, "Go to hell! I'm not selling. Try, vote me out." Then it could, yeah, mm-hmm. it very well could if it gets ugly in those in those meetings. I mean, Snyder's not the kind of guy to back off. You know, he's convinced he's right all the time about everything. Well, this is what so, I've been telling uh, you for months now. Tread, right. tread lightly. That, but that, but, Just let him, but no, let him no, sell no, the team. No, 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 no. Let him that, sell it. That doesn't mean that he has any power. They can kick him out. Okay. I hope you're right. I'm still skeptical as to whether or not three-quarters of those owners would vote him out. Oh, I think so. I think the momentum's been growing. I think the votes are there, will be there, particularly if it turns into a shit show. And remember, Jerry, Jerry Jones is the behind-the-scenes broker in a deal, so everything should work out just fine. That's what they have to hope for, is that the one guy that he idolizes is able to, I mean, it's weird, but just to, to describe it that way, I don't yeah. know if it still is, but I mean, he actually, you know, people have suggested that he really is in awe of Jerry Jones uh, and considers him to be some sort of mentor. Um, but maybe that's what they're continuing to rely on, that, that old Jerry can put together a, a pitch and Dan will buy it and maybe even overpay for it, which he is pretty good at doing. Um, I wanted to mention one other thing real quickly, and, and then I wanted to talk about your column. Uh, Amazon and the NFL announced today, early this morning, that they are going to have a Black Friday game, 3 p.m., the day after Thanksgiving. It'll be on Amazon, and it'll be free. Um, so they're going to televise, uh, hold the game and televise a game on the day after Thanksgiving, which has always been a college football day, the Friday following Thanksgiving. You know, you get the triple header on Thursday, yep. and then you got to wait till Sunday, and you get college Friday includes several rivalry games, and then of course Saturday is Michigan Ohio State, um, and uh, yeah, uh, that's what they're planning on doing. Um, why you know p- pick Washington to play in it in your in your debut of Amazon the Commanders? You see, this is this is what I, I, <laughs> I, I, I you know I'm thinking logically uh, with my experience in, in writing about stuff like this. I mean, I don't think the NFL. I, I'm still sticking by my premise that if Jeff Bezos wants to really wants to own the Commanders, he'll own the Commanders. Okay. I don't think. That the NFL, I mean, who's a business partner with Bezos on multiple levels, mm-hmm. is going to turn around and say to him, no, I'm sorry, but we can't sell it to you. The owner doesn't want to sell it to you. Now, now he, may not, he may decide it's not worth it and just wait till the Seattle franchise becomes available, which would be a much easier road for him. But uh, if Bezos decides he wants to own the team, I don't see the NFL... Uh, towing, especially if Bezos will pay top dollar, and the NFL owners want top dollar for a franchise that's going to raise the value of all their teams. Well, I understand all that, but you just said, you know, there's a potential shit show melee at the league owners' meetings. I mean, you want to add to add fuel to that fire if he's ready to if he's ready to sell to Josh Harris or Tillman Fertitta or someone else. 
Are you really going to force him to, to sell it to Bezos for maybe three, four hundred million dollars more? So instead of you know five point six billion, or instead of six billion, you get five point six. Five point six is still a pretty damn good number. It's still you know eight hundred million more than the, the than the Walton family paid for for the Broncos. I think it depends how much Bezos wants to own the team. Right. Um. Now, Dan, Dan, you got to sell. And by the way, I know this one's <laughs> going to hurt bad, but you got to sell to that guy, Jeff. I mean, he's a league partner, yeah. and he's going he's to pay you half a billion dollars more. Uh, maybe Jerry can talk him into it. But, man, all by the way, all of the Bezos reporting to me about him, it just has always made sense to me. This is who Snyder has been. He has been the penny-wise, pound-foolish, petty, spiteful person. I mean... As we've mentioned many times, I mean, they could have gotten a boatload from the 49ers for Kirk Cousins and not paid him that last year of the franchise tag. But he did not want to deal Kirk to the Shanahans, especially that damn Kyle. I mean, no. <laughs> it's, it, it seems so silly, but a lot of the stuff that he's done over the years is silly. Yes. I'm, I'm yes, not, it is. I mean, a lot of the stuff he's done is not just silly. It's dumb. I'm not suggesting he's dumb. I bet he's probably innately very intelligent. But he does a lot of dumb things. Um, all right, tell everybody about your column. Well, when the NFLPA survey came out last week about uh, you know the number of categories uh, that they rated teams on uh, in terms of uh, how they treat players, uh, let me see if I can find it right here. Uh, the, the, the treatment of the, the families was an F minus. That's what you're yeah. looking for, right? I mean, everything. I mean, treatment of families was F. Food service D plus. Weight room C plus. Strength coaches A. And then it's training room F minus. Training staff D. Locker room F minus. Team travel D minus. They were near the bottom of. Almost every single category, right? And they were at the bottom of treatment of families, right? So, I mean, I, I, I thought, you know, who might know uh, the most about the, you know, the, 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 about this stuff? And I thought of Nick Sunberg, who was with the team for eleven seasons. I think that may be the longest tenured player under uh, Snyder's reign. Is that true? Uh, well, I, I mean, it's feel it feels Craig eleven years that. feels true. Yeah, I think it is. So, uh, so I got in touch with Nick, and I asked him, "Was he surprised about the you know, the results of the survey?" And How about John no. Jansen? How long did John Jansen play here for? Curtis he didn't Samuel played for eleven years. Curtis Samuel. He, Curtis Samuel played ten seasons, I think, or nine seasons. Uh, I checked Curtis J- Samuel. Jansen was nine years here, one year in Detroit, just nine years here. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, you know. And Nick volunteered, especially treatment of families. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I asked him, you know, how, you know, what, what, what was that like? And he told me this story as an example. Uh, they, the wives, uh, you know, go to these football games. They sit in the family section. Uh, a lot of them are young wives with, with starting out families, and they bring their kids with them. 
you know, uh, to, and they sit in the family section. And uh, there was, what, what happened was one of the wives had approached Tanya Snyder asking if they could put a changing table in the, in the restroom right above where the family sit in that section, because there were no changing tables in, in there on that level, on the field level then. Uh, they had to go up to the club level, and they said it was tough to get into the club level sometimes because you needed a special ticket right. to get in the club level. Although these days and, you, you probably know, just have guy, to you probably just have to wave at somebody and they'll let you through. Yeah, yeah, this, this, I know. And like these these security guards there, they didn't they wouldn't know who a player's wife was, mm-hmm. you know. So you know, so they had trouble getting in. And he told this story about how his wife they didn't have kids at the time. The Sunbergs didn't. So his wife would would lay out her arms, and they'd put a blanket over it in the stands. And anyone who had to change their you know their, their baby's diaper would do it right there in the stand. <laughs> oh my with her god! Holding well, out the good news is there arms. weren't there weren't people to look on here in recent years. It's not like no. they had no, they, they, they had a whole section to themselves for the most part. Certainly had a whole row to themselves. Okay, so so yes. wh- what, happened, so, what, they, what happened? What happened when Nick Sunberg's well, wife went wanted, to Tanya? Well, it wasn't. It was another wife who went to Tanya and said, "Look, you know, can we get a changing table there?" And Tanya said, "Oh no, they're too expensive," you know. Uh, and uh, the the wife said, "Well, how much are they?" And she was told one hundred fifty dollars. And the wife told Tanya, according to the story, well, I'll pay for it, you know? I'll pay for it and have it put in. And Tanya said, no, 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 we're going to get a new stadium soon anyway. You know, don't worry about it. That was her response a couple of times to this issue. There's going to be a new stadium, so don't worry about it. And they never did. I mean, eventually they got changing tables on the first level, but but many years later. And uh, it's just it, it was just an example of of the like you said, penny wise and pound foolish. Your players come, wives come to you, and say, "Can you put a changing table in one restroom?" What? Why wouldn't you do that? I just you know? got. And, I just got an email. I, I just got an email from the commanders. Uh, the commanders are issuing the following statement regarding Tom Lavero's column in the Washington Times. The idea that we didn't have a changing table for players' wives to use with their young babies is, quote, blatantly false, close quote. <laughs> I mean, let me ask you a question, seriously. You think Pete Cronin and his, his wife was worried about a changing table? Otis Wansley? How about some of the championship players? What do they think about this? Okay, look, I, I get all that. I'm kidding. But- I get all that. I get all that. But but players talk I to know. other players. I know. And families. T- and this is important to players. It's important to their families. You know what was funny? Uh, the, the, the wives were so pissed off about this. They did their own league-wide survey, got in touch with with wives from other teams, and and they actually came up with a spreadsheet of of services, treatment of players, treatment of families. And Washington came on zero in every single one. Don't tell me that doesn't matter. That matters. It definitely. Look, this. I mean, it, it yeah. doesn't matter. I mean, we're thinking these guys are pampered athletes. What do they care about something like that? 
But, uh, you know, I mean, the team, and I pointed this out in the column, for a lot of these young players, when they have families and they're from out of town and they're living here in Washington, the team is supposed to be their second family. You know, that's what they, that's, that's what the teams usually preach. That's what they try to, to create a family atmosphere. They always talk about that. Uh, and this goes against all that. Right. I Again, said, if, if, yeah. if, if, if it working in a coal mine, you know, uh, breathing in coal dust, no. But in their profession, this is important. And that's the only profession that anyone should care about when it comes to the football team. Football. So I said to you last week when this whole report card story came out, I said, you know, I went through the teams that were near the bottom with Washington, and one of them was the Chiefs. You know, they finished 29th in the league in the overall report yeah. card thing. And, the, and there were several other teams. The Rams were 25th. The Bucks were like 27th. The Bengals were 28th or whatever. You know, they've been in two straight AFC championship games. So I don't think that a lot of this stuff means that you can't win. But when you're an organization like Washington's, look, they're in the position they're in because it's because of the organization that they are. But, like, this is one of those yeah. things that's such an easy thing. Like, what if someday, one day, somebody does a report card on how we handle young mothers of the players at games? Like, 150 bucks, and I don't know if it was 150 bucks. It actually seems like it would, the price would be right. A changing table and a couple of bathrooms, a couple of them. Can't imagine that it would be more than 1000 bucks. Um, but uh, this is where they've constantly just whiffed they miss it's the little things that they've they, they screw up the big things but they never get the little things right either and this is why when um over the years you've done it so much we've done it together so much and people will say you know they can still win and no they can't still win as long as he owns the team they do everything wrong. The people that they hire do everything wrong. They, they, you don't, the, the, the organizational chaos that's existed for them for now, you know, basically two decades is impossible to overcome on the field. You know, at least consistently it is. Um, yeah. I mean, I, these are things within their control. Right. You know? I mean, these are things that they can easily control. There's no salary cap involved when it comes to these kinds of expenses. Uh, and these, are, they, these might be small little attractions to players, but you've got to consider you're the franchise that nobody wants to come to, really, unless they have to or unless they want to get paid. And, you know, they're all going to have, if they have families, they're going to have conversations when they get home, and, and we know based on agents and stuff, the reputation and the word goes out throughout the league about something like this. Tommy wrote, um, the wife asked how much they were, and Tanya said, um, they're about $150. And the wife said, I'll give you $150 right now if you can just put one in. Tanya said, no, no, no. We're going to have a new stadium anyway, so it's fine. And Tommy wrote, a new stadium? She might as well have said a new planet. Um <laughs> Yeah, well, we've had more planets taken away in recent years than we've actually gained in planets. Yeah. But, but other than, I don't even know if that's true. I just know that Pluto's not a, a planet anymore by definition. Uh, no, I think Pluto got back in. Oh, Pluto's back in. Okay, um, I think Pluto got back in. There are two things. But, but you know, I, I put in, 
I put in at the, at the end of the column the commander's response to the survey, which was kind of, which was not, you know, outrage. It was kind of like saying, we've, well, we've done some good things, but we know we have to do a lot more, you know? And I think my last sentence was, what, no new stadium? <laughs> well, I'm, re- they, they, I'm surprised with their response. They didn't Well, write, they said that they do have, have changing tables. Soon too. Their statement said they do yes, have they changing do. tables. Now? Now. In right. some of the bathrooms. But right. back then, when this was going on, right. their response was, no. Yeah. Basically, eat shit. They they're, they're, clean it up. There are two things from Tommy's column. Number one is what we just talked about. They've just never, never gotten the little things right, especially, by the way, when it comes to dealing with people. Um, and then number two is this is another reflection of just how cash flow has impacted the operation of this team in recent years. You know, it's it's been you know you look at um, that report card that they had. Team travel F minus. I guarantee you that players on on teams in the mid two thousands, late two thousands, maybe even early the early twenty uh, tens, uh, probably would not have given an F minus to travel. Um, they the locker room not. the locker room was always a problem. Uh, the training staff always. has clearly been a problem. The weight room's been a problem at times. I know that it's been improved, but I remember years ago that thing was super small. Um, food service, nutrition, but this team's been in a difficult you know uh, state financially. It's it's actually kind of amazing because I've had a lot of people like roll their eyes when uh, they've asked me in a conversation. So is he going to sell? What's this? What's this Van Natta story about? And I say you know they, they've just been they've been cash flow. Um, there's been a strain on cash flow, and they're like, what are you talking about? The 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 they get one thirty second of all the media revenue. But every other portion of their business has declined at an alarming rate. I mentioned, you know, the two hundred and five million to one hundred and sixty million in five years in terms of of net profit. I mean, they are a, they they are in terms of their revenue and net profits. They're kind of like a small market team. They might as well be Jacksonville or Charlotte. Uh, so yeah, um, not good. Uh, and there, again, let me just reiterate. Yeah. The reason I did this was in response to the survey. Right. You know, just so it wasn't someone just, you know, out of the blue, you're reading a story about something that happened years ago. This was, the re- this was the, uh, as a result of the survey that was done that put treatment of families at, at an F. Right. All right. Uh, I want to finish up with a couple of other uh, non-football related things, including my reaction to Maryland's loss to Penn State and as they get ready for the Big Ten tournament. Um, Alex Ovechkin scored another goal last night. Uh, we've got a few more things to finish up the show with when we come back right after these words from a few of our sponsors. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, 
and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, JJ breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Tommy, tell us about Shelley's. Well, uh, as you know from the beginning of the podcast, I've now got a boot on my left foot, which I think I may probably have for quite some time. may have to drive north on Saturday with this boot, but this boot is not going to stop me from getting down to D.C., the Shelley's back room, and, and say hello and, and be happy again to be in my home, away from home, because they'll take care of me, you know? They'll find a nice, comfortable chair for me, let me put my foot up, they'll wait on me, and they'll have a selection of, you know, your favorite beer, no matter pretty much what it is. I've never told, I've never gone down the list of beers uh, that's available at Shelly's Backroom, but it's really a remarkable list for a place that's not necessarily a beer place, you know? Uh, just in the drafts, you have Blue Moon Belgian White, DC Brow IPA, Dogfish Head, Fat Tire, Fat Tire, excellent, Guinness Stout, Miller Lite, Modelo, Lager, Sam Adams, Sierra Nevada, Stella, uh, Yingling, Black and Tan, Yingling, Black and Blue. Those are all the drafts that they have. They must have about 20 other different types of beers, including one called Singa Lager, another one called Chimney White Trappist and mm. Lindemann's Framboise. Okay, L- Lindemann's Framboise. So Framboise. Framboise. I think it's Framboise. Framboise. <laughs> okay, okay, Framboise. You're Maybe. right. Maybe it could be. And, I could be wrong. No, no, you're right. Okay. And Oval Trappist Ale. They have a tremendous selection, not only of whiskeys, but maybe the best in the city, but also a tremendous selection of beer. Uh, and I'm sure I'll enjoy it while I'm sitting there uh, bemoaning my, my broken foot. Shelley's Back Room, 1331 F Street, Northwest in the district. Lindemann's Frambois is a uh, Belgian beer, um, so uh, that looks like a very good beer. You're, by the way, you're right. They have a lot of really good beers on draft. Yes, and it's really. It's a remarkable yeah. list. Shelley's Back Room, boys and girls. Yes. A family yes. place. You can bring the whole family there. Yes, you can. You can, or, and they can sign or, my boot. Or yeah, or you can leave them at the museum and tell them you'll pick them up when they're done. <laughs> That's um, your favorite bit I've done for Shelley, isn't it? Well, just, uh, it just how how would that go over with most wives? Not very well. Um, 
right. Uh, so Alex Ovechkin had another goal, eight sixteen. Now, God, he's uh, he's he's been he's been on a roll here recently. The Caps are still struggling in the standings. I mean, they still have a shot after trading off a bunch of players last week and being sellers at the trade deadline for the first time in a while. There's still, you know, a faint hope with about 20 games left. The problem is, is most teams have 20, 21 games left. They only have 17 left. They've got, uh, they get too many um, games played right now. I'm trying to chase uh, the Pens and the, the Islanders down for that last wild card. It would be interesting if they actually made the postseason after giving up kind of on the postseason because they had a couple of good games, including an 8-3 to win over San Jose um, the other night as well. Um, the Wizards, God, they had a stretch, Tommy, uh, that I mentioned last week. I'm like, if they're going to get into this thing and make a run at at least the 7 or 8 spot, they have a schedule that is going to basically give them control. They had two games with Toronto. They've got two games with Atlanta later this week. And in between those, Milwaukee and Detroit. And Toronto and Atlanta are the two teams right ahead of them in the standings. And they beat Toronto on the first uh, night, uh, Thursday night, then lost in overtime to Toronto, had a lead in the fourth quarter against Milwaukee, lost that game. They're actually playing well. They're playing well right now, but this is the week. Uh, they got Detroit uh, tonight. They've got two games with Atlanta. You've got to go 3-0 and in these games. And then because the only chance you really have is to hit that 7 or 8 spot, and then you only have to win one game to get into a best of 7. I don't know why I'm rooting for this. Um, lastly, I wanted to mention that uh, I did watch Maryland-Penn State on Sunday. Man, I'll tell you, we as Maryland fans, over the years – I don't know what it is, but we take them on the chin as as, as well as anybody does, yeah. or as many as many times as any fan base yeah. does. For for a good fan base with a good team, that was a brutal loss on Sunday, just horrible loss. They had a 16 point lead in the first half, 15 point lead in the second half. Their defense in the first half of that game was as good as you can play against a very efficient, good-shooting team in Penn State. They completely smothered Penn State. Penn State hit an off-balance, like, 35-foot three-pointer at the buzzer to get out of the teens at halftime. And Maryland had a 13-point lead at halftime. And then as good as their defense was in the first half, it completely broke down in the second. I also thought they got way too stagnant offensively. But their defense in the second half was something I really haven't seen from them this year. Like, they didn't play well defensively against Ohio State in the loss last week. But on Sunday, it was more kind of concentration. It was like shooters wide open, uh, you know, it, it's doubling off of shoot, uh, uh, d- doubling down on on the post and leaving a shooter wide open, going underneath a screen against a shooter like Miles Dread, um, giving too many looks to shooters without anybody contesting, giving too many backdoor layups where defenders just fell asleep, and after basically allowing. Hardly any points in the first half. They gave up 43 in the second half. Penn State made seven threes in the second half, and they lost when they couldn't you know, corral a rebound off of a missed shot on their best defensive possession, probably, of the second half. And they there was a tip-in at the buzzer, basically, or with, with five-tenths of a second by Winter. 
um, who tipped it in to beat them 65-64. That, that's a bad loss for Maryland because it's a difference, Tommy, between being probably an 8 or a 9 seed this Sunday when the bracket comes out versus potentially being a 6 seed. Um, if they, you know, if they'd played well in the Big Ten tournament, and you know, eight nine, right. you got a game in which you might not even be favored in the first game, and then you'll be a massive underdog against a one seed in the second round. Versus a six, you play an eleven, then you get a three, and maybe a three. Who knows? Maybe the fourteen beats the three, um, and uh, just a, a tough loss. They were one and nine on the road in the Big Ten, ten and zero at home. One and nine on the road, and that one, that one was a tough one. And I, I've not listened um, to. Uh, I like going back sometimes and catching the Willard press conference, but I, I've missed the last few. Um, and I want to see how he handled that because I thought his team was as ready and dialed in as they've been all season long, coming off a loss in the first half. And then I think they just, I don't know, they must have felt like the game was, you know, not losable. Uh, with the way they played in the second half. But they're going to get the winner of uh, Minnesota-Nebraska on Thursday night. The other thing, by the way, a win. Maryland would have finished second in the Big Ten, Tommy. Second. Instead, they finished sixth. I know. Um, which just would have been incredible to, to to have finished second in that league this year. You know when they were predicted to finish tenth, they still finished sixth. They look, they had a good year. Okay, they had a really good year, twenty and 11, 11 and nine in the Big Ten. I would have taken that at the beginning of the year, knowing that it would have meant an NCAA tournament berth, um, which is w- where they are. Um, but it could have been better there at the end. Uh, Penn State, they haven't won there in a while. For whatever reason, Penn State has their number in State College. Tough loss. Uh, if they can win the first game Thursday night, and they'll have a chance to win that first game, they'd get Indiana um, on Friday night. So uh, they've already beaten Indiana once, but only played them once. So we'll see. Anyway, I got nothing else. You got anything else? I got nothing else, boss, except to stare at my foot. Until I go see the foot specialist tomorrow. Well, Maybe I mean, he'll lay his hands on me and it'll be healed. Work on your voice. Just you know, get ready for that <laughs> finale at karaoke uh, tomorrow <laughs> on the show. We'll see what the the Ravens did with Lamar Jackson. I'm sure they're going to uh, franchise him before the end of the day, and um, that'll be a big NFL story tomorrow. All right, uh, I'll be back with Tommy on Thursday. I'll be back with a guest or two tomorrow. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.